You're listening to the Keep Going Podcast, where we keep going after the heart of God because He's our only hope. I'm Nika Maples. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 5 of the Keep Going Podcast. Right now, we are in a series called A Walk Through the Psalms, and today our focus is on Psalms 29 through 35. Just a note, I use the New Living Translation as my primary text because it's readable, and I do not approach these podcasts as a scholar, but as a lover of the Word who wants to share simple spiritual observations from my own daily Bible reading. Let's review last week's podcast in two sentences. Number one, we found connections between the life of Abraham and the Psalms through the mention of the promised land, the covenant, and friendship with God. Number two, we examine Psalms 22 and consider the way Jesus pointed to it when he was on the cross in order to teach that our lament turns to praise through God. Long before there were sites like Etsy to sell handmade items, I was peddling my crafts to make extra cash. In high school, I painted cartoon characters on clothing and sold them to my friends. Jeans, shirts, jackets, shoes, whatever. I would paint custom cartoon character orders on just about anything for the right price. I was all about the characters. What about the Bible? Have you ever used the term Bible characters? It's so easy to do. I'm often tempted to use this wording. See, when we teach children about the Bible, we use the word Bible characters frequently with them because it's a term they're used to. The problem is, the stories in the Bible are not about cartoon characters. They are about people, real people. These days, when I talk to children about the Bible, I try not to use my former terminology. I'm deliberate in saying something like, now I'm going to tell you a story about another person in the Bible. And I just avoid the word character. I don't want them to get history confused with Disney. But back when I thought of Bible stories in terms of characters, I used to get confused about who fit where. In the past, I remember thinking, okay, now who was in the book of Genesis? Noah. Noah was in the book of Genesis, right? What about Jonah? In Genesis? No, wait, he has his own book of the Bible. So who is mentioned where? I can't keep it all straight. I have it straight now, and I think I can give anyone a memorable way of lining up the stories. First, we have to think about the people in the Bible as people, because if we don't, we'll miss the stunning ways that their heart cries echo our own, and we'll miss the way their life lessons apply to us. There are seven critical people in the book of Genesis, seven stories of seven men that are the bones of the book. Now, we're coming to the end of book one of the Psalms next week, and that means we're coming to the end of Genesis. So let's get a bird's eye view of the first book of the Bible before we move on through the next phase in the Psalms. Adam, Cain, Noah. Adam, Cain, Noah. Those three men were the three critical people who came before the covenant. In the generations represented by Adam, Cain, and Noah, the human race went from the Garden of Eden to total destruction. The world went from the beginning to the end. That fast. We went from living in perfection to living in the pit. That's what happens when we humans are left on our own. Adam to Cain to Noah. 
Now, it's important to note that this is not straight lineage. Well, it is from Adam to Cain. Adam was Cain's father. But then Noah didn't descend from Cain because he was cursed. And he didn't descend from Abel because he was dead. So Noah descended from Seth, Adam's third son. And Noah was eight generations after Seth, so a long way. But at any rate, the first stories in the book of Genesis are Adam, Cain, Noah. From heaven on earth to hell on earth. But this God of ours and his spectacularly good plans cannot be thwarted. His plans will not be shaken. We are going to get to that in a big way by the end of this podcast. So keep listening. But for the moment, we'll keep our focus on Genesis. God intended his children to live in heaven on earth. That was his plan. And it would stand even though the whole human race is evil by the time we get from Adam to Cain to Noah. Still, God wouldn't leave us in the pit. He would bring us back to his good, perfect, and beautiful design. So introduce the covenant. Now we have the final four. This is straight lineage. We have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Abraham entered into a covenant with God, but it was God who sought him out first and God who initiated the covenant. He wanted his people to be established and set apart, and he was going to lead them back into the plan that he had for them. I'll say it again, his plan would not be thwarted. Now it could be said that he was leading his people back to the Garden of Eden, in a sense, not only because of the promised land that he was giving them, but because he was leading them back into his presence. God wants to live in communion with his people, giving them his presence, taking a walk and having a talk with them every day, just like he did with Adam and Eve. An intimate relationship with God is heaven on earth. That is his plan. What appeared to be thwarted through Adam was brought back through Abraham. So the seven critical stories, the bones of Genesis are Adam, Cain, Noah, then the covenant, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Adam, Cain, Noah, and then the covenant, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. The order that was fuzzy to me in my youth is clear to me now. And here is today's connection to the Psalms and the big revelation I told you was coming by the end of this podcast. There's something else that was fuzzy to me in my youth, but is clear to me now. See, I grew up worried that God's plans for me could be thwarted. I thought they could be ruined by other people. And I confess, this mistaken thinking lasted well into my adult years. If I missed out on an opportunity because someone else was in my place, quote unquote, I felt cheated. It seemed that they had what was meant to be mine. Maybe they took my job. They took my recognition. They took my whatever. And once God's plans for me were taken by someone else, I was out of luck, I thought. I worried that it should have happened another way. Let me be perfectly clear here. I wasn't exactly worried that people would frustrate God's plans. I was worried that Satan would frustrate God's plans for me and use people to do it. How could I have thought this? Because I was not reading my Bible regularly and I wasn't reading it closely. If you are or ever have been worried that someone else can thwart God's plans for you, then I have a comforting verse for you. I'd ask you to turn to Psalm 33, 10 through 11, but I'll read it to you now. 
The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all their schemes. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. God is the one who thwarts and frustrates the enemy's plans, not the other way around. The enemy wants to make it look like he can do the thwarting and the frustrating of plans because he always wants to make it appear that he can do what God can do. But if you ruminate on the idea that your life and blessings have been thwarted, then you're meditating on a lie. It was this verse in Psalms that I connected to the book of Genesis this week. Why? Because of the lie. Look, in the line of the seven men of Genesis, there are some pretty heavy generational curses that are passed down. Adam, Cain, Noah, then Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. And what was passed down? Well, this week we'll look at the generational curse of lies. And next week we'll look at another generational curse that was passed through these men. But today we're talking about lying. Have you ever looked for the theme of lying in the Bible? It's astounding. Through those seven men in Genesis, look at all the lies. Adam lied to God about eating the forbidden fruit. Cain lied to God about murdering his brother. Noah, well, we don't see evidence that he lied, but I'll bet it was a strong temptation. Because later, Abraham lied to Pharaoh and lied to Abimelech, saying that his wife was his sister. And Isaac, again, not a clear picture of lying, but his son... Definitely. Jacob's name even means deceiver. He lied to his brother and he lied to his father. And lastly, Joseph lied too. Now wait, you might want to say that his was a benign kind of lying, like a little white lie, but it was still lying. He lied to his brothers about who he was and he lied by planting evidence to make it look like one of his brothers stole from him. Five out of seven men have lies as an integral part of their stories. Still, the enemy was not able to derail God's plans. These men were created in the image of the father of lights who had once said, let there be light, and their lineage was truth. But they defaulted to a false lineage. Instead of living in their identity as children of the day, as offspring of the father of lights, they patterned their ways after the father of lies. It's far too easy to do, and I have done it. But we see evidence that the plans of the Father of Light still stood. Read Psalm 29. There is nothing like the voice of the Lord. Read Psalm 33. There is nothing like the words he speaks with that incredible voice. In fact, how about this piece of beauty? I mentioned that Jacob's name meant deceiver, right? Well, you already know God changed his name to Israel. But do you know what Israel means? It means one who prevails with God. Isn't that just like the Lord to change our names from liar to conqueror? We prevail with God. Nothing can shake his plans. We prevail with God, not on our own. No one can ruin God's plans for you except you if you're not living life with God. The beautiful thing about these seven men in Genesis is that they returned to God's truth after realizing their mistake of lying, and by doing so, they got back on the path to his good plan for them. Remember, God's plan is communion with his children. His plan is that we become more and more aware of our identity as we spend time with him, and less and less interested in the false identity that the devil tries to sell us. 
God's plan is that we move from glory to glory until we are like him and see him face to face. He wants to tear down anything that gets in the way of that plan. So where does that leave us today? And what about specific details within God's plans? What about his guidance for our lives? Well, I think that one of the reasons that his plan is an intimate relationship with us is because he wants to tell us the specific details we need day to day. Amos 3.7 says, Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. God's servants, that's us. But it gets even better because in John 15.15, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my father, I have made known to you. How's that for a lineage? We are God's family. We are God's friends. We must stop looking to and worrying about people or the enemy as hindrances to God's plans for his family and friends. Instead, we concentrate on one question. Am I cooperating in friendship with God? Because he can break generational curses in our families and restore us to our royal identity and to our lineage of truth if we ask him to. May I read Psalm 33, 10-11 over you one more time? Receive this. The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all of their schemes, but the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing right now, thank the Lord that His plans for you are solid and commit to cooperating with them. Let's walk and talk with him. Let's lean in and listen to the details. We want to cooperate with God. He has a good plan. Today's music is from Psalm 34 by Shane and Shane and is used with permission. Please interact with me and other Psalms readers this week. If a verse from Psalms has stood out to you, comment on my Facebook page and let us know why it holds meaning. Also, if you're not on my email list, go to nikamaples.com to sign up and receive your Psalms reading schedule and a free hope poster each month. And now, we know that hope will not lead to disappointment because God dearly loves us. He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. We'll talk soon. Until then, keep going.